بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الوهم وأكرمني بنور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن علومك برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance and assistance. This is our first session of the third semester. So what we have been studying so far was first to give an introduction to the science of akhlaq or ethics. We said there are different types of ethical studies, and we talked about what is the science of akhlaq, what is the subject matter, what are the aims and objectives, what is the relation between akhlaq and similar subjects. Then we talked about the difference among ethicists about what makes an action good or makes a quality good. We said there are different theories. We talked about the people who say that an action is good when it leads to good outcomes. Some people say that an action is good if it's done out of a sense of duty. Some people believe in virtue ethics. We talked about all these things and different theories, and then we started talking about Islamic theory of ethics. And then we started talking about the ultimate end in Islamic ethics, which we said is nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and development in humanity to become insan kamil. And we said these are two sides of the same coin. You cannot be a fully flourished human being unless you are close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we talked about these things, about concept of nearness to Allah, concept of muqarrab. Then we started talking about the actual content of Islamic ethics. What are the values that Islamic ethics want to promote? And we said there are different ways of classification. And what we wanted to do was to try. Of course, this is too ambitious, but we can always try. Ask Allah for help. To come up with a system that not only tries to bring all the values together, but also tries to put them in order so that we know which one is more important, which one supersedes. So we want to have a kind of hierarchy of values. And this is very important. It has lots of practical benefits. For example, if two things conflict, which one is to be given priority? Which one should receive more attention? And something even more important than everything else that I said is that we said if we can find out 
a central value on which all other values are based, then by trying to achieve that central value, all other good qualities would come naturally. So instead of trying to sort out and fix your problems one by one, find out what is the root, what is the most fundamental value that you lack, which has caused all these problems. Like if, for example, if you have problem with 10 people, okay? At home you have problem, with neighbors you have problem, in, I don't know, university you have problems, in mosque you have problems, so you have problem with 10 people, suppose. So one way is to fix all problems separately. Okay, a study what is the problem and try to fix them. Another way is, say, let us think. Maybe all these problems originate from a more underlying problem. Maybe, for example, I'm not a good communicator. Or maybe I'm a selfish person. And this is the cause for all these problems. So if you can find out an underlying problem, then it's much easier to fix these problems. Okay? I think many of us accept that we have many problems. Those who think that they don't have uh, any problem in their akhlaq, so they don't need to come to this class. Yeah? But we come to this class because we think we have many problems and we want to improve. Okay? But our life is very short. And also we don't want to uh, struggle with fixing problems till end of our life. We want to fix these problems so that inshallah after we fix the problem then we really enjoy our beautiful relation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and people. Yeah? So when we want to experience hayat tayyibah if till end of their life I am suffering from selfishness, from greed, from, I don't know, jealousy, all these problems. So when I am going to experience Hayat Tayyib? So we want to fix these problems so that we can really enjoy our life. So it's important to see, is there any way I can fix all these problems in a much faster and more efficient way? If you don't fix the fundamental problem and just sort out superficial problems, then you fix it here from another place problem comes. You know, like for example, if you have, you know, leakage in a main pipe in your home, okay, and you see damp in this wall, you fix it, then damp comes to the other wall, then it comes to the other. So always you are fixing the house and it's always problem. But if you find out where is the leakage coming from and fix it. You fix it in a few days and then you can enjoy your life. Okay? So, we tried to find out what is the most important issue in Islam. And the last few sessions we discussed this issue. And for those who are interested, we said this is also what we had studied in a course, Indicators of Piety. 
uh, this particular point, uh, which is published also in Message of Thakalain. Uh, but here we are continuing. But there we reach the point that truthfulness is the most fundamental value. So we discussed about the concept of haq. Haq as truth or true. Haq can mean truth or can mean true. And if you remember, in the last session, we try to bring a Quranic system how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains everything with reference to haq. Remember, we said Allah is, is haq. He has created bil haq. He judges bil haq. He sends the prophets bil haq. The prophets are supposed to deliver the message bil haq. The response of the people has to be bil haq, but unfortunately, sometimes they hide the truth or they exaggerate, you know, all these things that we discussed. So now, Inshallah, in this semester, we want to continue and see how we can understand uh, other issues in the light of haq. Okay? So, if I want to summarize everything we have said in one sentence, we have to be truthful people. We have to be humble before haq. Uh, in my humble understanding, this brings all the good qualities. If someone is humble before haq, then he would not be selfish, he would not be greedy, he would not be jealous, he would not be cruel. If someone is khadi' and khashi' amam al-haq, before the truth. Of course, this has different levels. We will, inshallah, explain this. One is to look for the truth. If you really love the truth, you won't, wouldn't sit at home and say, if truth comes to me, I will accept it. A person who is truthful has no rest unless he or she finds the truth. So you have to do research to find the truth. And then if you find out the truth, you accept it. And then you feel responsible for express it, expressing it and sharing it. Acting upon it, <coughs> unless there is a reason, sometimes we have to not express the truth. These are secondary issues. These are exceptional reasons. Otherwise, if you are mu'min, why you don't say it? Generally speaking, sometimes we have to do taqiyah. That's another issue. It's exceptional. This is marginal. But one of the requirements of loving haq is that you acknowledge and express. These are different things, inshallah, we gradually will speak. Today, what I want to share with you is something about a sidq. Alhamdulillah, we had some discussion about sidq al-hadith, but sidq is more important than sidq al-hadith, as we were saying, to be truthful. This, today, I am using... Uh, Chapter 26 of this book, Tazkiyatun Nafs. 
tazkiyat nafs this is uh, by Ayatollah Said Kazim al-Ha'iri, uh, who also was my teacher in Fiqh and Usul for five, six years. Uh, uh, this is a book based on his lessons. Unfortunately, I was not attending those lessons, but the book, I found it very useful. His approach is different. His approach is based on stations that the you know, wayfarer goes through. But this lesson about sidq is something that we are going to use. Yes. No. It's not available in English. And inshallah, uh, you people, inshallah, when you learn English, then you can make these things available in English. We need really learned people who know English, who know Arabic, know the subject, and make these books available in English, inshallah. So you have many reasons to learn you know, Arabic properly. He says there are different senses, meanings, for the term sidq. Sometimes sidq is used as opposite to kezb, in the sense of telling the truth. So, as sidq fil hadith. Do you remember we had many hadith about sidq al hadith wa ada'ul amana? Yeah, remember. So, in our riwayat, in our hadith, sometimes sidq is used to indicate telling the truth. So, it's a quality about a speech. For example, Imam Sadiq السلام, said, Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah said, Thalathun man kunna fee kana munafiqan. There are three things, three qualities, that if someone has them, he is munafiq, he's a hypocrite. Even he's fasting and praying. Maybe he himself is not realizing he's munafiq. But he's not mu'min. He thinks I'm Muslim. He doesn't realize. One. Man khan. When he is trusted, he betrays. You trust entrust him with something. Okay? Maybe you give him money, you give him, I don't know, something, you give him uh, I don't know, a piece of news, you say no, it is confidential, maybe you give him a position. Anyway, you trust him, but he betrays. And when he speaks, he lies. And when he makes promise, he breaks. He doesn't keep his promise. Do you see how these three all are connected to truthfulness? And how 
If someone lacks truthfulness, lacks iman, and is considered as a munafiq, no matter how much he's praying or fasting. So this shows iman is this. Iman is truthfulness. And a truthful person is the one who keeps his promise, who is trustworthy, who tells truth. So we have to be very careful. We have to be very careful. قَالَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ فِي كِتَابِهِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الْخَائِنِينَ Surah Anfal, verse 58. Allah doesn't love those who betray. So you must be trustworthy. Surah Nur, number seven. This is about uh, if there is a dispute about modesty, you know, Surah Nur about, you know, adultery. So, in any case, one of the oaths that they should pass that they should make is mentioned in this ayah, and the one who tells the lie, the curse of Allah would be on him who tells the lie. So one, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الْخَائِنِينَ is about not betraying. إِنَّ لَعْنَةَ اللَّهَ عَلَيْهِمْ كَانَ مِنَ الْكَاذِمِينَ is about not telling the truth. وَذْكُرْ فِي الْكِتَابِ إِسْمَاعِيلِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ الصَّادِقَ الْوَعْدِ means about to keep your promise. Ismail alayhi salam was a person who was truthful with respect to his promise. When Ismail was promising, he was keeping his promise. This is in Vasail al-Shia and this is chapter 49 from Jihadun Nafs. Alhamdulillah, this is translated to English. Combating with the Self is published by Islamic College. The book uh, is. Because, you know, Vasail Shia in the section on Jihad, there is also Jihadun Nafs, which is a spiritual Jihad, Jihad Akbar. So, Alhamdulillah, this section is translated and published. In a hadith which is authentic hadith from Imam Baghir salam, the chain of narration is authentic, is sahih and reliable. Imam Baghir salam said, Inna Allah Azza wa Jal ja'ala aqfalan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made for evil, for bad, some locks. Aqfal is the plural for qufl. Qufl means luck. So, so there are ways that you can lock so that shar would not be accessible. But the way, the key to unlock these old locks is kizb. وَجَعَلَ مَفَاتِيهَ تَكَّ الْأَقْفَالِ 
الشراب والكذب شر من الشراب one is drinking and kizb is even worse than drinking a person who is a liar he has unlocked all the doors of shar to himself. So it means that he's now subject and exposed to all different types of shar. My understanding is from childhood, from the time our children open their mouth, we should teach them to be truthful, to tell the truth. They should never hear any lie from their parents. If we want to train them as good mu'min, if we want to train a generation which would be helping Imam Zaman, people who tell lies, they can be helping Imam Zaman. It's impossible. This must be the core of our teachings. What is the point of teaching them everything, but they are not truthful? If this is the core value, if it is the fundamental value to be truthful, then it means that we have always to emphasize on this. Not just by words, also by action. So I don't want to repeat about, for example, that all the prophets have come and Allah has asked them to observe two things. Sadqul hadith wa ada'ul amana. So sadqul hadith is one meaning of sadq. Alhamdulillah, we have discussed about this. The second meaning of sidq is opposite to khulf, means as-sidq fil-va'd. So far we have been talking sidq about telling the truth, although in the first hadith mention of not keeping promise was mentioned, but it was another meaning of sidq. So one meaning of sidq is to tell the truth, another meaning of sidq is to keep your promise. Quran very much focuses on keeping promise. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu awfu bil'ugood O people who believe be loyal to the contracts you make, to the covenants that you make promises. If mu'min signs a contract, even if he doesn't sign it, if he verbally accepts a deal, then he should keep it. You cannot change it. You cannot, you know, say, now it's not suit, it doesn't suit me anymore. It's not, you know, beneficial for me anymore. All these things, you have to check it before you commit yourself. When you have committed yourself, then you cannot withdraw. I wish Mu'minin Muslims had this quality, that everyone, Muslim, non-Muslim, knew that whenever you make a contract with a Muslim, it's impossible that he would not keep his word. If we had this quality, then everything was going in the best direction for Muslims. Imam Sadiq alayhi salam in an authentic hadith says, Qala Rasulullah 
صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم من كان يؤمن بالله واليوم الآخر whoever believes in Allah and the day of judgment the hereafter فَلْيَفِ إِذَا وَعَدَهِ when he promises he must keep his promise so this shows Iman is connected to keeping your promise The third meaning of Sidq, there are more hadiths here, but I go to the third meaning. And this is the meaning that is more fundamental and more comprehensive. This is what we have been calling as truthfulness. As Sidq, al ihkam wa wajidiyyat kull al one meaning of Sidq is to be firm and to possess the truth. The truth. Uh, in Arabic, when they say Romhun Saduq, Romh means a spear. Okay? Spear. In Farsi, we say Neize. They say Romhun Saduq. If the spear is firm and strong, this is called saduq, which we use it also for people, you know, when someone is truthful. So, sadq means to be firm, to be strong, to be reliable. Yeah? The people who are not truthful, you cannot rely on them. Because they can every day say different things. They can every day treat you in different ways. The only thing, this is uh, something very important. The only thing that can be bringing a stability and tranquility is sadq. Whether it's you telling the sadq, observing the sadq, or the other people. You can rely on each other. The life is reliable. Because said is only one thing. If I want to tell you the truth, how many things I can tell you? Only one. Yeah? But if I want to tell lies, there are thousands of lies that I can say. Okay? So, the person who is observing the truth, you know which direction he's taking. You can rely. But the person who is not telling you the truth, you cannot predict. Even he himself doesn't have peace of mind. The one who is truthful is not worried. Yeah? The one who has told a lie, he has to always be worried. What if I forget what I had told? Yeah? For example, you know, uh, they ask you, where were you yesterday? If you want to tell the truth, there's only one answer. But if you want to fabricate the answer, okay, there are many different ways. Then the next time, if you want to say what you said, 
You don't remember. Like people, for example, if you want to open an account, you know, if you want to subscribe to a website or whatever, if you put your real name, you can always remember. But if you put a, you know, fictitious name, then next time say, what did I put? Put it Muhammad, put Ahmad, Ali. I don't know what I don't, I cannot remember. So, said is something that gives you peace of mind, reliability, and also other people have peace of mind. This is the beauty of haqq. This is beauty of one. Allah is one, and therefore Allah gives you sukun. This ayah, these are all related. You know, unfortunately, we don't put all these things together. Zaraballahu masalan rajulan salaman le rajul, wa rajulan fihi shuraka'u mutashakisun. Allah gives you the example of two people. One person is working for one person. If you have one employer, if you are to please one person, it's very easy. But if you have several employers who each have employed you separately, okay? If they are forming one unity and then you are employed by that unity, then that's again, okay. But if each of them employs you and expects you to serve him. So he says, you know, go and bring this. This person says, you know, go and put, put this letter in the mailbox. This person says, go and cash this check. So different things they ask you. Which one you can satisfy and please? You cannot. You're always worried. A person who is committed to the truth, to Al-Haq, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has peace of mind. Always easy. But if you have listened to different voices, if you have been serving different people and you think you are very clever because I please this one and get salary from this one, I please this one and get salary from this, so I want to get many salaries, but you end up with taking nothing. They will all, you know, say, we don't want you. So, this truthfulness brings strength and firmness. So, Arab people, when they say Romhon Saduq, a spear, which is Saduq means firm and strong. Then Ayatollah Ha'iri says maybe one of the best expressions of a truthful faith, truthful Iman, Iman al-Sadiq, can be found in this sentence from Khutbatul Muttaqin, the sermon about the pious people from Nahjul Balaghe. Amirul Mu'minin alayhi salam, when he talks about Muttaqin, one of the things he says is, Avumal khaliqu fi anfusihim, Allah is great in their heart, in their soul. Therefore, everything else is little in their eyes. Yeah. If you have 
understood by your heart the greatness of Allah, then everything else will become insignificant. Yeah? If someone has been working for the central bank, then the money which is in little shops would not be significant for him. Yeah? Because for you always you are thinking about trillions. Then a few hundred pounds is nothing. But the per person who has always had pennies in his pocket, when he sees few hundred pounds, you know, he's surprised. Few hundred pounds. If a person has been conscious of Allah's greatness, everything else will be little. Okay? So, Ayatollah Hayri says, look, this is not a matter of just saying something about greatness of Allah. It's a matter of feeling truthfully the greatness of Allah. So what is Iman, a real Iman, true Iman, Iman al-Sadiq? It's not just to say as a formula, I believe that God is the Lord, God is the creator. No. If you really are mu'min, your heart should acknowledge the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? So many of people who think they are mu'min, they are not really mu'min. They just declare verbally. Yeah? It's not that they have acknowledged by their heart. We have many hadiths about what is the definition, the reality of Iman. You know, this is a discussion in Ilmul Kalam. Muslim theologians have had different views. What is the reality of Iman and how Iman is broken? We don't want to go into this discussion. Even the whole formation of Mu'tazila was over this issue of, for example, if someone commits a major sin, is he a mu'min or not? All these things. According to our hadith, Iman is something that starts with heart and then is expressed by tongue and is practiced by your organs. Okay? If someone just says, Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we treat him, we treat him as a Muslim, okay? And no one should question this person's Islam. But in the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, maybe this person is not a mu'min. He has just said this. On the other hand, maybe there is a person who is mu'min, but he is deaf. He cannot express it. And he doesn't know how to write it. It's just in his iman, in his heart. This person is mu'min, even if no one knows about it. Maybe he's hiding from everyone. Okay? Iman is something that first of all belongs to heart. You remember this ayah from Surah Hujurat. Qalat al-a'rabu amanna. What is the meaning of a'rab? 
Arab means Bedouins. Yes, if you call Arabs Arab, they will get angry. Arab is different from Arab. Arab means Bedouins. Bedouins, and of course to be a Bedouin is not a bad thing, but at that time to be a Bedouin was a sign of having no knowledge, no understanding. Yeah. Nowadays, even you cannot say to people, you are a Bedouin if he's not Bedouin, because this is not a bad thing. They used to say, Amanna. قالت الأعراب آمنا قل لم تؤمنوا Allah says to Prophet tell them you are not mu'min ولكن قولوا أسلمنا instead of saying we are mu'min say we are muslim ولما يدخل الإيمان في قلوبكم because iman has not yet reached your heart okay so you said أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمد رسول الله okay you are recognized as a Muslim, and you have all rights that Muslims have. No one can say you are kafir. Okay? You are Muslim. Unless you yourself do something or say something which would contradict a self-evident principle of Islam. You know, if you deny what we call zaruriyat al-din. That's another issue. For example, Someone says shahadatain and then says, I don't believe in the Quran. This contradiction comes from himself. And everyone, Muslim, non-Muslim, knows that Muslims believe in the Quran. Okay? So that's another issue. Otherwise, just saying shahadatain is enough. But if Iman has not reached your heart, then you are not mu'min. This is one way of using Muslim and Mu'min, because Muslim and Mu'min are used in different ways. Sometimes Muslim refers to a very high level of Iman. You know, Islam in this ayah refers to the first level, but sometimes Islam refers to very high level, and that is to be submissive, like Ibrahim salam. So you have to understand that the Quran uses these terms sometimes in different meanings. In any case, what is the relation between Sadq and Iman? Truthfulness and Iman. Iman, if it's real Iman, which is a quality of the heart, it needs truthfulness. It needs full humbleness before Haq. Otherwise, there is no Iman. Maybe he's Muslim, but not Mu'min. Mu'min in his heart is submissive to Haq and also loves Haq. You know, one of the requirements of Iman is not just to know the truth. You have to love the truth. You have to be humble before the truth. Yeah? If someone knows all the truth, is he Mu'min? If someone knows that God exists and knows that prophet is his prophet, he is not still a mu'min. Because there are people who know but they deny. It's important to be humble before the truth, to love the truth, to accept that truth 
is more important than you. This is, inshallah, one of the things that in future we will talk about it. Haq is always greater than us. Am I greater than Haq or Haq is greater than me? Those who are selfish, those who are arrogant, they say, or if they don't say, they feel shy to say, but they practice as if they are more important than Haq. Because they want to serve their own interests. But for a mu'min, Haq is the most important thing. Why? Because Haq is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Haq is going back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Either it is the complete truth, which is Allah, or it's a branch of truth, which goes back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You don't have any haq in this world, any truth in this world, unless it is either Allah or a manifestation of Allah. Let me give you an example, and I finish. If I have an issue with my wife or husband, okay? If there is a problem between us, okay? Can both sides be right? No. Maybe sometimes both sides are wrong, but it doesn't make sense that both sides are right. Is there any truth here? Yes. There's a truth here, and the truth is maybe Mr. A is right, or Mrs. B is right, or maybe none of them is right. But there is a truth here, okay? And truth is always one, okay? Truth is always one. If you are mu'min, what do you do? You have an issue with your wife or husband, and you know that there is one truth here. What do you do? Pardon? You do your best to find the truth. Not that you do your best to silence your wife or your husband or you know de deceive him or her or defeat him or her. These are the signs of not being mu'min. Mu'min is the one who is trying hard to find the truth. If she is telling the truth or she, her position is right, I should accept it with all pleasure. Even if you accept it without pleasure, it's a problem. Now you see how much we have difficulties. You know, where are we? We are very far from Islam. If I do my best to find the truth and we find that the other party is right, and with all pleasure and joy, we accept you are mu'min. If you have difficulty, or if you want to hide the truth, or deny the truth, you are not mu'min. Now I ask you, when was the last time you admitted you made mistake? 
So why we are always right? Why we are always thinking that other people are making mistakes? Because we are not servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are worshipping ourselves. Yeah? There is a big idol here. There is this ego here, which is more important for us than truth, than haqq. Otherwise, at least every day, 10, 20 times, we have to accept that we made mistake. Because we are not ma'asum. Yeah? We are not ma'asum. But why in the last, for example, you have married uh, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Okay? You have been married. Why in the last 20, 30, 40 years that you have been married, you can only count your mistakes. And you don't say there is endless mistakes. Because you are not humble before the truth, before haq. You think you are ma'asum. You feel embarrassed to say this, but this is the reality of life. So, I always admire the people who easily admit that they made mistakes. I have great love for them. It's great quality if someone can say, I made mistake. I didn't know. That was my fault. This is great quality. This is sign of being very close to haq. Being khashi' before truth. Inshallah, we will continue this discussion, inshallah, next week. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make all of us truthful and obedient, inshallah. Wa akhiru da'wana, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen.